You're listening to Behind the Impact, the podcast that looks at how the most philanthropic companies on the planet are making impact as told by the very changemakers that make it happen. Hello and welcome to episode number 20 of Behind the Impact. I'm your host, Jeremy Brown, and in this episode, Eventbrite's Vice President of Impact, Lindsay Morrison, joins the show. Lindsay, welcome to Behind the Impact. Thank you, Jeremy. Really happy to be here. Very excited to chat with you. Eventbrite is one of my favorite platforms I've used for many, many years for events. I'm really curious to learn more about what the company is doing on the impact front. But before we do that, what I would love to do is to learn more about your career and how you actually got into social impact. You have a very interesting career, so I'd love to learn more about that. Of course. Thank you. Uh, my career is lengthier. We're in the double digits now. And when when I first started, there might have been social impact as a path I could take, but I can tell you I probably wouldn't have recognized that. I was very focused on business. And I graduated um, undergrad with a with a business management degree. I went straight into commercial banking with the expectation that I would go to business school within five years and do the consulting route and and all the things that come with that. And that somewhat rang true in that I went to graduate school within five years, but I went to law school instead of business school. And I didn't go to law school to go be a litigator in a courtroom, although I do love those shows. I really and knew that I was going to go back into business, and, and that's exactly what happened. I graduated. I went to be an in-house attorney at Walmart.com, and when I joined Walmart.com, it was out in the Bay Area where I am now. Walmart, the large retailer, was not in the Bay Area, and this was really um, a very fun and exciting, creative time for uh, emerging technology. And uh, Walmart.com was this little startup that essentially got to take advantage of being funded by the largest retailer in the world. And we worked on the most amazing applications and streaming opportunities and all the things that we do today, like their second nature that hadn't really been done before. And I loved the idea of applying all these traditional regulations and laws to these brand new services. It was really exciting for me. And I was there for a while. I was there for eight years. And then I went to be a seconded attorney to the legal department of Facebook, which is is now Meta. And there, my role was, was much more niche. It was really around doing deals, partnership deals with telecom companies in emerging markets for Facebook to offer internet through the products that the consumers in those markets used of the telecom companies. And this was extremely exciting as well. To me, it was all about international regulation and doing these giant deals with these giant companies. I loved the thrill of the deal. I loved getting to an agreement with another big company. I was really into business and law. And, and was really excited about it. Every day I was excited about it. And my next stop was Eventbrite, a much smaller company at the time. It's still smaller than Facebook. 
Um, I joined as a product attorney, the fourth attorney on the legal team, and the only attorney responsible really for regulatory compliance. I was joined. I was hired to uh, build the compliance structure around privacy ahead of GDPR, which was Europe's seminal privacy law that went live in 2018. I was hired in 2016. And I did that, and I was doing that, but as a small legal department um, with a growing company, there's a lot of access to leadership, and, and a, many decisions come across your desk as a leader that as a leader in the company that you didn't really anticipate that maybe wasn't on the job description you were hired for. And as I was having these conversations, I immediately recognized Eventbrite and its leaders as really values-driven in how they make decisions. And they would look at not only how their decisions impacted their customers and their shareholders and their employees, but also how their decisions impacted their communities. And I found myself fascinated by this process. And just as much as I loved the thrill of the deal or the thrill of the legal application being a lawyer, I found myself every day, the first thing I would want to pick up is how we were impacting our communities and what decision I could make that allowed us to go and do that. And Eventbrite already had this mission to bring the world together through live experience that just by its very existence connected people. And connecting people we know is so important for physical well-being, for mental well-being, that to take advantage of those feelings that existed well beyond the shared experience of the live event seemed like such a natural thing for the company to do. And I was really lucky that Eventbrite wanted to go ahead and do this, and I was able to lead it. So when it comes to Eventbrite's social impact program and kind of your background on the legal front, how did you make that transition? Because obviously it's, it's two kind of different uh, professions. I mean, there are there probably are some overlap here and there, but... That's a that's not an easy transition to make. How did you make that? For me, it was about recognizing the overlap. And the reality is when you're building foundational programs for a company, whether you're building those with the regulation in mind or with the desire to impact communities in mind, either way, you're building a foundational program for a company. You're getting cross-functional buy-in. You're understanding what the outcome's gonna be, what the goals are all through the process. Who are your champions gonna be? Who's gonna be the most, how are we gonna celebrate this moment? All of that is, is very transferable. And the reality is I'm not done using my analytical skills. I still, you know, I'm, I'm still in the business world. I'm still looking at this problem through a business lens as much as I am enjoying the outcome through a societal lens. There are a number of folks out there that want to make that same transition, whether they're in the nonprofit space or maybe they're just in a different profession within um, or a different role within their company, but they want to transition to social impact what advice would you give somebody who basically wants to do the same thing that you did in terms of transitioning to a different role? I think the 
best advice would be to pick up every opportunity. One thing that you realize is you never know what's going to motivate you on any given day. And as you grow in your career and as your life circumstances change, different things motivate you at different points in your life. And the more opportunity you can have to look back and say, you know what, I really loved when I was doing that. Or the first thing I did that day was want to do X. I want to go try and do that. It gives you so much more insight into where you will be most successful because you're going to do the best work for whoever you're doing it for if you are the most motivated doing it. So as far as how do you how do you make that transition? There's the obvious, you know, make sure you meet as many people as possible, put yourself in the right spots, but the reality is when you get the opportunity, pick it up. And so we're mentioning Eventbrite. For the five people out there that don't know what Eventbrite does, can you talk a little bit about what the company does? Yeah, of course. Eventbrite's a global ticketing, marketing, and experience technology platform. We serve hundreds of thousands of creators in almost 180 countries, and we're a destination for people to come and discover live events, big and small, locally, around the world. Last year, we issued over 290 million tickets and brought people to over 5 million events. And so now you're leading social impact at the company. Can you talk a little bit about what the company's social impact program looks like today? Yes, we have developed Eventbrite's signature social impact program called the Social Connection Project. And what we're doing is we have two three to five year goals. The first to reduce social isolation in young people full stop. And the second is to create the first evidence-based intervention to social isolation that includes live events. And this really came about, we, we knew these really devastating numbers of um, physical and mental health ailments that exist really as a result of social isolation and loneliness. But in all that research, a true intervention hasn't been found. And years ago, we're thinking, how do we, how do we make the biggest impact on our communities while taking into account what we do? And we knew it had to do with connection. And we were thinking about how to tell that story. And then COVID hit. And all of a sudden, not it wasn't that social connection wasn't needed prior to COVID. It definitely was. It's more that it became so much more relatable, that there was a narrative there that everyone immediately understood. And we were able to put it together in a way where everyone really wanted to be a part of it. So we are, with those two, three to five year goals, we have three pillars that will really stay with us for the duration of that time. The first one is research, where we're working with two universities, Brigham Young University and the University of Georgia, where we are looking at the attributes of live events and what actually makes people feel more connected when we were there, when, when you're at the event. And the result of that research 
it's going to be, it's going to grow bigger and bigger over the next couple of years, but the results will not only help fuel creators in creating more meaningfully connected events, but also help attendees when you go to an event. What can I do to actually get more connection from this event? We're going to share those results. And then eventually we're going to try to find a real intervention to social isolation as a result of this research. The next pillar is raising awareness and reducing stigma. And this is where we really talk to young people. And when I say young people, I mean ages 18 to 25. And we can go into why we picked that demographic specifically. But in this, in this pillar, raising awareness and reducing stigma, we really, we really share with young people how they're not the only ones feeling this. And that this is something that we should be talking about and open about. We recognize that it's very easy to talk about mental health right now, but it's not as easy to talk about social isolation and loneliness because it feels really sad to be lonely. And especially in this age group, where it's so important to have friends. It feels like you must be different if you're feeling lonely or isolated. And we wanna make that just as much a part of the conversation as mental health is. So that's what we're working on there. We're gonna have um, actually a campaign coming out in a, in a couple weeks that's gonna help bring those feelings to life. And the third is policy where I mentioned we're, we're taking public policy and, and using it proactively to advance social isolation as a national public health priority. And in fact, we just, um, we just had uh, our public policy team at the White House the other day talking about this. So we're really trying to get the word out at the government level as well. Something I want to go back to. So you mentioned reducing stigma and raising awareness, and you mentioned the specific demographic that you're targeting. Out of curiosity, why that demographic? Yeah, I'm really happy you asked because I think it's really important. There, When we started doing research on this, we found that there were a lot of people looking at social isolation and loneliness in the senior demographic, in the above 65. And it's really easy to understand why that would be the case. You know, it's it's really sad to be lonely later in your life. And it obviously changes the way you feel physically and mentally. But there weren't a lot of people drawing attention to this particular age group. And yet this particular age group is actually on track to be the loneliest age group, according mm -hmm. to research. Um, and but more importantly, I think what we see is a possible opportunity to turn this around. So in 20 years or in 60 years, if you look at this particular age group, you're not having to address social isolation and loneliness as seniors because you've already done that. And we might have the opportunity to see that through the scope of this program. Can you talk a little bit about the research that has already been done? Yeah, well, what we can talk about, what I can talk about specifically is the research that we are doing. We are working with Julianne Holt-Lundstedt and Richard Slatcher. We um, are doing survey-based research right now that asks individuals before and after we go to an event to describe how they're feeling. And from there, we'll learn what is it about the event that changed their feelings. 
and in terms of the research that's already been done, there's there's um, kind of widely documented evidence about how different generations are feeling right now coming out of COVID, before COVID, the physical and, and mental health ailments that result from from feeling lonely. Yeah, I imagine that the pandemic definitely did not help people feeling isolated, made things a lot worse than it already was. It definitely did. Thankfully, people are starting to come out of that isolation now. We're definitely seeing that through the platform and the interest in going back to live events. What I would say is I also believe that Again, the awareness that this brought to everyone at the same time, I think shed light on the fact that it was such an issue before the pandemic, that people weren't really talking about it. So we talked a little bit about the Eventbrite platform. Now I want to transition over to employees and how Eventbrite workforce is taking part in any of the social impact initiatives that are happening right now. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. Eventbrite's social impact program essentially started as an employee-driven program. Before we went out and and went to impact our communities, our employees were very much championing supporting their communities on their own. In fact, social impact was almost like an ERG group is today, where it's a bunch of people within the company that wanted to go volunteer in their local communities. And when we first um, when we first kind of became more of a structured organization, we would help coordinate those volunteer opportunities. And we would do it by office and would usually do it through creators because mo- many of our creators are out there working for their communities specifically. Right. So it's very easy to tap into our user base and, and do good with them at the same time. Now, what we're doing, and this started in um, 2020, especially around the movement following George Floyd, um, we launched what's called a community engagement time off program where employees can take time off. Now, we have a, a take the time you need policy, so employees could do this anyway, but this reiterates that this is actually separate from vacation. This is time off from your work to give back to your communities in a way that you want to give back. And we do supply some of those opportunities for our employees, but it also opens up the aperture of, you know, globally, any employee can really use their own drive and their own passion for good with this program. Got it. And for the social impact team, how many folks are on that team right now? Three people. I thought you would say that. I feel like every person I've spoken to that leads a program, that's pretty much the size of their team. And I'm always impressed when a team of three or less, typically it's less than three, they're able to run an entire program for so many employees in the company. And out of curiosity, are you doing anything to encourage employees to essentially become champions of social impact and be able to kind of expand the scope of the work that your team is doing? I think our employees really want to be champions of social impact. So it's not 
so much that we have to go out and encourage it because it is so much of who we are. Where I mentioned bring the world together through live experience. We have a mission that already matters and people join Eventbrite really for that reason in addition to, to all the other things we bring to the to the professional environment. So it's never been an issue that we have to say, please join us in our journey because it already makes so much sense. It's already part of the day-to-day. And consumers right now are so purpose-driven that it's definitely something we talk about because it's what our, what our consumers are interested in hearing as well. I would say where we have the mo- we could have the most success, and I would say this about any social impact program, is if you have true business results incorporating your social impact program's goals. And I would say we're there in, in some respects for sure, and we have a little ways to go in other respects, which I believe we're one year into the program. I think that's pretty, it's a pretty good run. When you think about the work that the team is doing now and kind of your overall long-term strategy, what excites you most about what Eventbrite is doing from a social impact perspective? I love that we get to see this work really unfold and happen as we're doing it. Uh, I mentioned, I believe, that we um, partner with Born This Way Foundation. And Born This Way Foundation and Eventbrite got together and worked on a gathering in two different cities on Lady, Lady Gaga's tour this, this past summer, one in Brooklyn and one in LA. We had about 150 people at each of those events. And we had actually up, multiple upwards of that in registrations. People were really interested in this. And what we did is we did an event called Remixer, where we reminded people to mix it up again. And when you came to Remixer, you had an opportunity to ground yourself, express yourself, and move your body. And the way we did that is we brought three creators in from the Eventbrite platform. Um, I'm going to use Brooklyn as an example. We had a sound bath meditation in grounding yourself. We had an art project in expressing yourself. And then we had a roller skating dance off in moving your body. And then outside of that, we had DJs and we had friendship bracelet making and we had a mental health resources booth. Born This Way Foundation brought in panelists uh, for our mental health panel that were nonprofits from the local community talking about the work they were doing around mental health in their community. And it was about a four hour event. And I got to see through that event how important connection was and is to all of these attendees. You could see people walking in almost timidly being like, I've never been to something like this. What am I doing here? I had the opening conversation with so many in Brooklyn saying, oh, I've never been to this place during the day. I guess the venue we we used is, is more of a nightclub venue. And people were, were, were kind of skeptical, but also curious and intrigued and to see a hundred people meditating in a room together 
and feeling the energy of a hundred people in the same place, everyone felt that it was palpable. And one really unique design that all creators should do is there was a um, tables with friendship bracelets on them. So in between the activities, or if you just wanted to have um, a glass of water, or one of the refreshments that we had, or the food, you could go up to the table and you could also do this friendship bracelet with your hand. So you're at the table for like maybe 10, 15 minutes working on this bracelet, like beating a string with letters on it. And then someone else would come up to you and they would be at the table too. And they would be beating too. And you'd all of a sudden be talking to this person because the two of you aren't going anywhere until you're done with your bracelet and you have no reason to leave. And so many people met that way and people who came alone felt comfortable talking to people that way. So back to your question, what's the most exciting thing we're doing? Our program it connects people. And when you see that, you say, I've never wanted to do anything else. This is all I want to be doing. Yeah, it's interesting that you mentioned that event bringing people together and making friendship bracelets and you're, you can't leave until you finish your bracelet and whatnot. It reminds me a lot of, in my opinion, the power of volunteering um, and what I've experienced throughout my career going out and volunteering in the community and um, having a shared experience with other professionals and how these kind of um, conversations just happen naturally because you're volunteering and how powerful that is and how meaningful that is and that sticks with you. And it, it, it feels like that's the same type of ex experience that uh, people had going to the actual event. I think that's absolutely right. And and the, the deeper kind of ground floor be, be behind both of those things is this passion. You know, most people are not required to volunteer. It's something you do because you're passionate about whatever that activity is. And we don't force people to go to events. There's something that is the basis of the event that's bringing people there. And it's that shared, it's not, it's the shared experience you have when you leave, but it's the shared passion that got you there. So as soon as you're there, you know you're going to have something in common. And you mentioned the, the Eventbrite program, social impact program is a year old. What In that time frame, what lessons have you learned about building and scaling a social impact program? I believe it is so important to be, number one, doing something you care about, which I think I can tell I definitely care about this, doing something the company cares about. And that's, that's what the biggest opportunity here was. What we're talking about right now is live events. Eventbrite did live events before they had the Social Connection Project. The Social Connection Project just gets to take that event and bring it, bring it further and deeper into the community and see where we can go with that impact. So doing something that is so tied to your business gets you to, gets you to be able to talk about it in every forum. And I would say the biggest learning is I'm so glad we did that, really. So with all the things that Eventbrite is up to on the social impact front, is there anything that's upcoming that uh, you can talk publicly about? Yeah, in, in the very near future, we're right now preparing for our second annual Reconvene Summit, which will take place on October 6th, where thousands of event creators and experts from around the world will gather. The theme of the summit this year is designing live experiences for lasting impact. And there is a significant focus on the impact that event creators can have 
on decreasing social isolation and promoting meaningful connection. The Surgeon General, Dr. Vivek Murthy, who is taking a very important role in addressing loneliness nationally, and Priya Parker, who wrote the acclaimed book, The Art of Gathering, will be hosting the keynote about what is causing today's epidemic of loneliness and how gathering can help remedy it. The summit's a great example of how when you have the right impact strategy, it works across the organization. This is something that was born in marketing and the collaboration happened as a result of the work we're doing in impact that relates so closely to how our creators view what they do and how we at Eventbrite view what we do for our creators and consumers. And what can creators expect besides the speakers and the keynote? What other things can creators expect day of? Creators can expect to really enjoy being together. They will get to talk to other creators about the thing that's most important to them, the thing that they do day in and day out. And they'll have this, they'll have this combination of learning and connecting that's really only best realized with another individual that does exactly what you do. They have these stories that they can share. They have education that they can gain. And we did this last year for the first time, knowing that we all just needed to be together. The event experience needed to happen with a group of event creators to remind ourselves why we are so passionate about this work. And what we know this year is creators really want to come back to feel this feeling of being united together in the live experience, which is what they're so passionate about. So is it safe to say that the ultimate goal for this summit is to obviously bring creators together under one roof or a virtual roof, if you will, but also to bring or shed more light on social isolation? Definitely one goal definitely will be a, a key thread that creators will hear throughout the event. And truthfully, creators don't necessarily need to hear it. They know it. And inherently, they bring people together every day because it's this drive that they have. So hearing about social isolation and hearing how passionate Eventbrite is about social isolation really just reminds them and brings to the forefront how important they are to society in terms of what they do every day. Absolutely. Okay. Last question for you. When you think about your career and making the transition into social impact, what is the most meaningful thing about being in the role that you're in today? There's two things. The first we talked about a little bit, which is impacting this 18 to 25 year old demographic. There's a real drive for me in seeing this change and the opportunity to see this change in my lifetime and in the lifetime of those that are of that age group right now. To be able to think forward 20 years and recognize that those who are 18 right now are in a better spot 
than they were when they were 18 because of the conversations we encouraged them to have. That's the biggest drive I have every day. But there's another one, and that is my kids. I have two 13-year-olds and a 10-year-old, and they watch me do this work. They know I was a lawyer. They know I'm still a lawyer, but they also know that I care a lot about their well-being, and I care a lot about their mental health. I care so much that I care about other people's well-being and mental health. And they see me do that, and during COVID, they literally watched me do it. And they also recognize that Eventbrite cares about this. I've worked at Eventbrite long enough that Eventbrite's a big part of their lives. They know the leaders at Eventbrite. And they saw that Eventbrite wanted to get into this space and they put me in charge of this. They see that a company really cares about not only how they impact their customers, but how they impact their communities. And this is gonna be a whole new perspective that my kids are gonna bring to their professional life and bring to their thinking about mental health. And they're thinking about what type of company they wanna work for and whether it has these same values. Lindsay, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for sharing all about your career and how you got into social impact. And thank you so much for shedding light on Eventbrite's social impact efforts. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Jeremy. It was great to talk to you. This episode is brought to you by Social Impact World, the exclusive community for social impact leaders. To learn more, go to www.socialimpactworld.com. I'm Jeremy Brown, and thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Behind the Impact.